Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm not sure who's had more jobs, Seton or Pauly. Or who's had more interesting jobs, Seton or Pauly. But, like, Seton worked at the airport. Yeah. He was a postman. Yep. Okay, those aren't exciting. Delivered flowers. Yeah. I was a security guard. I worked at a pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but... Paulie was a bouncer. DJ at a country western nightclub. And you sold beer at Scottsdale Stadium. Gosh, is that not the dream? I know. Miller Lite. I could use one right now. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Chris Maddox, Sports Illustrated NBA senior writer, joining us from Phoenix. He uh, was in attendance for last night's game between the Clippers and the Suns. What's your big takeaway from last night there, Chris? You know, just the resiliency of the Clippers. I mean, we've seen it throughout these playoffs, going down to zip in both the first and second round. But, you know, this come back and and win in this game was maybe even more impressive to me. I mean, they learned about the injury and well, the extent of the injury to Zubac uh, at the morning shoot around and to already down, you know, Serge Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard, and now being down your best big man going up against a big physical team with a guy like Deandre Ayton to, to still be able to not only rally and win, but they came out fast, Dan. I mean, they were up 20 to five uh, early in this game. They had multiple opportunities in the second half to fold. You know, the the Clippers have this, this, you know, this, this history of not showing up in big moments, that history, regardless of what happens in this series, uh, I think has been, uh, you know, largely erased because of the performance of this team. But you try to handicap this series. 
I wasn't surprised, said I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers won last night because why not? Now they go back home where you would expect the Clippers to win. So what do you expect here in game six? Uh, you know, I have, I have no idea. You know, there, there's, an, there's an argument to be made that, you know, this was kind of the Clippers shooting their shot here. This was everything they had left in the tank. I mean, Paul George, look at the minutes Paul George has played in this post. I think it's like 735, which is like 130 more than anybody else uh, in these playoffs. I mean, sitting in the, the interview room after the game, I mean, he looked exhausted. Marcus Morris, who has battled a knee injury of his own, had to go 41 minutes largely against DeAndre Ayton. He looked exhausted. I mean, there's only so many, you know, proverbial bullets they have left in the chamber. And, you know, going home, I'm sure they'll get a bounce off that home crowd. And, you know, one thing these these Clippers players said last night to a man was that, you know, they knew they were down 3-1, but, you know, they looked at it like a couple of breaks here or there, the Valley Oop, you know, better offense in game four. They could have been up 3-1 in this series. So they've got a little bit of confidence, but, at some point, all these injuries start to take their toll. And if Zubac can't go uh, in this game six, I just have a hard time seeing Aiton struggle as much as he did and the Suns uh, play as poorly defensively as they did. What is Kawhi Leonard's status? I wouldn't expect to see him uh, in these playoffs. No matter, uh, even uh, if it goes game seven? I don't believe it. Okay. There's, I have not heard any indications. And Kawhi as we all know, plays everything kind of close to the chest. But, you know, you get kind of you talk to Clippers personnel, um, you know, whether it's on site or, you know, you know, via text message, you just don't don't get you don't get positive indications that Kawhi is coming back. I don't know the, the full extent of that injury, if it is something that may require surgery down the line. But there are no indications yet that that Kawhi is, you know, an, a return is imminent. But is this an injury that is going to stay with him or a condition that is going to stay with him the rest of his career? Well, it's hard to say with this injury specifically. Now, he has had that knee problem that has need to be load managed since his days at San Antonio. I would say that particular version of the injury is going to be with him for his entire career. I mean, Kawhi, I forget how old he is, right around 30 at this point. But so I don't expect that to change anytime soon. So with the course of an 82 game season, we're going to see Kawhi at most play 60, 65 games for the rest of his career. This injury felt a little bit different. This was one of those, you know, you know kind of injuries in the moment that where we may we may find out later that it was an ACL injury that requires some type of surgery. But there's the the day of Kawhi Leonard Dan playing 80 games in a season. Those days are long since over. Gosh, I don't remember those days. When's when's the last time he was ever close to that? 2012, maybe? Yeah. 2013? Yeah. Like, we, we got to go back to the early San Antonio days uh, before, you know, that injury happened that cost him almost a full season, that last full season uh, with the Spurs. So, look, it's, it's not the end of the world. I mean, Toronto won a championship with Kawhi, you know, being load managed uh, throughout. I think the Clippers, you know, you can argue if – Kawhi Leonard was healthy, uh, you know, they'd be the favorites to win the championship this year. There's there's a pathway for them to win or any team that has Kawhi Leonard to win with him being load managed. It's just kind of a fact of life for him going forward. Have we been unfair? We, the media, been unfair to Paul George in our expectation level? I don't know. Um, I think social media probably has, but social media is unfair to everybody. Social media, 
mostly boxing fans hate me. Like, so like, I mean, it's like, it doesn't, it is kind of what it is when it comes to critiques. Now I'm sure if Paul, Paul, uh, Paul George could hop in the uh, time machine, he would go back <laughs> and not say what he said in that clip you played. Like he would not call himself playoff P like that has kind of stuck to him. Like white on rice there. And it's, it, it ratcheted up the level of expectation. If you call yourself playoff P and then you subsequently have back-to-back -back, uh, early playoff exits in Oklahoma City. You blow a 3-1 lead with the Clippers. Th that is going to be something you are tagged with for the rest of his career. But when you're a superstar and you don't win championships, I mean, LeBron James gets criticized still. He's won multiple championships. That, that just kind of comes uh, with the territory when it comes to being a player of that status. Yeah, PG-13, we were okay with. Like, that was yeah. a nice, cute nickname. You know, but... Playoff P, you know. Has anybody like has, has anybody that's given themselves a nickname ever felt good about it afterwards? I, I'm I, I'm struggling to think off the top of my head who else has given themselves nicknames. But usually, like Shaq gave Paul Pierce the truth, and that stuck, and that worked well for Paul Pierce over his career. If somebody gives you a nickname, it, it's great because even if it doesn't. Uh, even if you don't live up to it, you didn't give it to yourself. Like, it wasn't you that called yourself that. When you call yourself playoff B, uh, you you put a target on your back if you don't play like someone that lives up to those expectations. Well, Dion called himself primetime. But lived up to he it. Lived up to it. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if you, if you can call well, yourself primetime. You know what? If you call yourself MVP, it, the greatest of all time. Like, yeah. and, and certainly is in the discussion for, for that as a, or a favorite to be called that. I mean, if, if somebody calls yourself MVP, if he, that's what he did, and he won multiple MVPs, you lived up to it, but if you're playoff P and you and you struggle, look, I do think he's. This is the best postseason he's had since his Indiana days. You know, maybe better because of the he's put in a position without a Danny Granger or a Danny or David West that are around him. I mean, look, he was shooting 35 percent going into that game five, and you look at the first half, and he was pretty passive, and you could see kind of the critics start to warm up. And I think even I wasn't listening to it, but I had seen tweets about the broadcast were criticizing. Uh, Paul George for that first half. And then to come out in the third quarter, yeah. just blow the doors off 20 points. They get three, three pointers uh, in that period. I mean, that was, that was a playoff P level performance for Paul George. Talking to Chris Mannix, the sports illustrated NBA senior writer. Why do boxing fans hate you? Uh, they think my scorecards suck. I do that <laughs> for the zone and uh, boxing's polarizing though. Everybody thinks they, they know exactly what they're talking about. It's it's probably one of the worst sports for that. Okay. I've just, yeah. I just wanted it's to. There. Yeah. Watch a big fight. Watch a big fight. Monitor <laughs> on social media. I, it's it's interesting. You know, I don't do social media. That's true. Paulie does though. So he'll give me a text. You. By the way, social media uh, yesterday with Scotty Pippen. Uh, were you monitoring social media? I was. I saw the, I saw McLovin's tweets first and foremost. And then I saw the clip. I mean, I'll be the umpteenth person to tell you tremendous interview. Uh, with Scotty. I mean, I, I thought you did everything you could to get to the root of the racism charge, which is the big one that's out there. I didn't think he had a single answer that made any sense. So I had people texting me afterwards, NBA people that were just, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but like, does Scotty need some help, you know, after this, you know, what, what, what's going through his mind right now that he would sit there and make a racism charge. I mean, look, he's been, 
upset about the Tony Kukoc play for decades now. Like that's that's never going to change, despite the fact, amazingly, despite the fact that Kukoc made the shot, like he hit the shot, and and helped the Bulls advance. Scotty's still upset about it, but there's no evidence that Phil Jackson is a racist in any way, shape, or form. Players that have played for him have never charged him with that before. It's that that's an ugly thing to say unless you have specific examples to back it up. And, you know, I, I watched that interview a couple of times. It, it He doesn't seem to have one single example to back it up. I mean, there was a lot of weird things like Michael Jordan, you know, controlling the cameras. Like now, now we're getting into tinfoil hat conspiracy where he's, you know, he's telling Steve Curry he's going to pass him the ball because the camera that he controls is watching and he's thinking about his documentary 20 years later. There's just a lot of, of dot connecting that Scotty was doing in that moment that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, the Damian Lillard situation in Portland. I, 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 can you clear, like, what is the situation? Cause I'm not sure if he wants out. If, is this passive aggressive? Is there something going on with what his future is going to be in Portland? Well, Chauncey Billups gets introduced as the next head coach today. And my understanding is they're going to all try to get into a room and figure out if this is salvageable with Damian Lillard. Uh, I grow more and more skeptical by the day, Dan, that it is. You know, I said this on my podcast this morning, but like Damian Lillard is like the guy breaking up with the girlfriend for the first time. Like he, he, he wants to break up with her but he doesn't know how to. So he's going about it in kind of a ham-handed type of way. And that's what Dame's been doing. And it's not just the last couple of days. You go back to the immediate aftermath of the loss to the Nuggets. And he had this cryptic tweet that was a cryptic Instagram post that was out there about how many times do I have to keep doing this with the, the same result? He then somewhat bizarrely goes out there and throws his support behind Jason Kidd, of all people, to be the head coach of the Trailblazers. And and there have been more, obviously, social media posts in the last couple of days as well. Look, I don't, I don't think this is about the coach. I don't think it's about Blazers fans criticizing him for his involvement in the coaching search. I think plain and simple, Damian Lillard, at 31 years old, is looking at the Trail Blazers roster and saying, I can't win. And I, I can't argue with him yeah. with that. I mean, they got beat by a Denver Nuggets team without its second-best player that subsequently went out and got absolutely smoked by the Phoenix Suns in four games. That loss has not aged well for the Trailblazers. So I think it, what it comes down to for Lillard, as loyal as he's been to Portland, is that he wants to win as he in the final prime years of his career. And this is kind of his sort of somewhat clumsy way of going out and forcing that. The irony of all this, Dan, is that I think a Damian Lillard trade is the best thing for both sides. Lillard can find his way to a new situation, give himself a chance to win. And Portland, which has really no chance to win at the highest level uh, with Damian Lillard the next couple of years, can recoup one of, if not the biggest trade haul in recent NBA history. I mean, Lillard has that type of value on the open market. So this is kind of a, it's an awkward situation right now, but in the next few weeks, even maybe months, uh, if Damian Lillard is traded, that could wind up being the best thing for both sides. Okay, but the most likely destination, and do not say the New York Knicks. No, I mean, and by the way, it, 
please, Lakers fans, stop like sending your trade machine things out that include like Contavious Caldwell Pope as the centerpiece of a deal. Like that's <laughs> the, unless you're dealing Anthony Davis, you're probably not getting Damian Lillard. Two things to remember uh, with Davis, you're gonna or with uh with Lillard, you're gonna work with him on a trade. You're not just gonna dump him like on Oklahoma City or something like that, where he can play the final few years uh, of his contract out. You're gonna work with him on where he wants to go, and you're gonna have to find a situation where he can win. That means going to a team with at least one second star uh, that's on it. And then you start to look at the return you get. Like you're not dealing Damian Lillard for Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal, while being 28 years old and still a great player, has one year left in his contract that is not going to stay in Portland beyond one season. So you're looking for kind of what, say, Oklahoma City got, where they got a blue-chip young player in Shea Gildress-Alexander and a hall of draft picks using those as the, the early parameters. I would say there are two teams right off the bat that stand out. One is Philadelphia because Ben Simmons is still out there and the Sixers still have their draft capital over the next few years. Simmons is signed through 2025 and as flawed as he is, he's still a perennial all-star at 24 years old, who if he ever fixes his shot has the potential to be great. The other it's Boston. I can't believe we're doing this once again where the Celtics are in the mix for another superstar, but here we are. Boston has Jalen Brown. He's 24 years old. He's an all-star for the first time. He gets better every single year. You can build a trade package around Jalen Brown, a lot of the young players they have in Boston, and their cache of draft picks over the year at years as well. It's We're very early in this process, and because Lillard is signed through 2025, you're probably going to have teams try to sneak in and find a deal that works, but when this started to pick up, those were the first two teams that I thought of that are also, by the way, in the Eastern Conference, where you don't have to deal with Damian Lillard for more than two times a season and never have to deal with him in the playoffs. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate your time as always, bud. You got it, Dan. That's Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated NBA senior writer. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We were just talking about spring training 
playing baseball, going to baseball games, playing softball. And I just brought back that taste when you're there at a spring training game and you get to have a Miller Lite. It's a warm afternoon, Scottsdale, Arizona. Beer here! Paulie used to be a beer vendor. I was a beer vendor at Scottsdale Stadium and I slung Miller Lite. So I was just throwing them out there. Okay. Not literally. Okay. But just that cold, refreshing taste. The crack? Yes. Not the crack of the bat. Which is better, crack of the bat's crack of the beer? I'd crack of the beer. Absolutely. (laughs) Miller Lite. It tastes like beer. How about that? That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And you should, too. They've been doing this since 1975. The original light beer. Everybody else is just trying to imitate them. Less filling, only 96 calories. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You know what I did last summer? I went to Italy, and it was awesome. And you know what I did before that that was even more awesomer? I downloaded the Viator app, and I set up a bunch of great experiences for me and my family to enjoy. Like, we knew we were going to Rome, so I booked a day trip, a walking tour of ancient Rome. It was absolutely fantastic. We were heading up after that to Cinque Terre. I booked a boat cruise for the day, checked out all five villages. It was absolutely gorgeous. Speaking of gorgeous, uh, the captain of the boat that we were on was an absolute stud. He looked like his abs had been chiseled from the god Jupiter's own stomach. He was just an absolute piece of art. And you know what? If my wife had left me that day, uh, I would have been okay with it. Babe, you know what? You deserve happiness like that. Uh, So, fellas, just a heads up. uh, Check your captains. Uh, Anyway, I digress. Viator is a website and an app where you can book travel experiences uh, like the ones I just described. Uh, They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation and payment options and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking on the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. He's the U.S. Open champ. He's the number one rated golfer in the world. He's John Rahm joining us on the show. John, we want to play a game. Where is the U.S. Open trophy? Now, don't tell us yet, okay? Let's go around the room. Where do we think the U.S. Open trophy is at John's home in Scottsdale? If it's there. Todd, I'll start with you. He's got a nice spot for it in the man cave on okay. the kind of big oh, TV. John's got a man cave already. All right. McLovin? No, I've been where he is. There's baby stuff everywhere. It's in the garage. Okay. All right. He does have a newborn. Seaton O'Connor? Say an office? Home office. office. Home office. Paulie? New baby hasn't mounted it yet. It's on the floor near his desk in his office. 
I'm going to say it's still in the box. John, where is your U.S. Open trophy? Well, before I say anything, my brother-in-law will not forgive me if I don't do this. So I got to say I'm 6'3", 245. <laughs> <laughs> and you're wearing a dad bod t-shirt there. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> See, I had the bod. I got the dad part. Now officially I can wear it. <laughs> okay. so trophy, it's actually on the, it's on the living room. It's in a little mantle on top of the fireplace. It's the first thing you see when you walk in the house. Well, that's pretty good. Now, did you have to negotiate that with the wife of, I'm going to put it right out there on display, or do you want somebody to ask for it so they can see it, John? (laughs) No, it's actually the only trophy I have outside the office. So everything else, it's in the office. Nothing on the man cave, which is really more like a practice area at the house, uh, is the only one I have outside. Would the baby fit in the trophy? If you wanted to bathe the baby... Uh, uh, I tried. It doesn't. He does not fit. He's too old. <laughs> not too old. He's too big. I think if it's a newborn, he would fit. But so when the, the top of the the trophy screws on, yeah, it's got these two little things that come out and could actually hurt the baby a little bit. So I didn't try for too long. Yeah. Did you drink out of it? Yes. <laughs> what did you drink out of it? Uh, orange juice. Oh, it was orange. of course you do. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying in public. <laughs> do you feel different being the number one player, like being the number one player in the world or the U S open champ, which, which affects how you feel as a golfer more? Uh, well, I had gotten to number one in the world before. So, and I didn't realize until after I won, cause I think Dustin had to finish, I don't know, 19th or worse or something like that. But winning your first major, uh, that's what makes a difference. That's uh, a bit of a sense of relief in uh, in me. Relief? A little bit. Because when you're number one, then they go, uh, how many majors do you have? Or when when are you going to win a major? And they're guys who haven't won majors who are great golfers in history. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in golf, when you've played good for a little bit, you get put on that best player to never win a major list very, very quick. And to a 26, I've gone out of that. Was uh, was a bit of a relief. But is it more mental or physical? The reason why you won the U.S. Open? Mental, 100% mental. Like, what kind of grind was that? It didn't look like it was fun, John. <laughs> you know, when you're playing good, it's a lot more fun than when you're struggling. <laughs> yeah. I had because on Saturday and Sunday, I played with two guys. I played with Bob on Saturday and Matthew Wolf on Sunday, and they both struggled. So I might be the, the you know the bad luck charm over here, and it just did not look fun while I was playing okay. And it, it's a mental stress. Every single shot you hit in the U.S. Open, you're stressing, especially in a course like Torrey Pines. So it's a, it's a mental grind that you know undoubtedly is going to actually get, get a little bit of tax on your body as well. But also, you know, in a course like that, in a tournament like that, par is your friend. Mm-hmm. But normally, yeah. you're aggressive and you're trying to get birdies. Like how how's the mindset where you go, hey? I'll take a four and I'll walk away from here. A lot of times, you know, you might have a, let's say a doable birdie putt. You might have, you know, somewhere around 10 feet or inside 15 feet where you want to make it, but you got to understand that, Hey, I made a four. Let's move on no matter how it happens. Right. And sometimes you're going to make a couple of par putts that feel like they're birdies or eagles. And other times, you know, even a bogey putt, I mean, it's happened to all of us where you make one good putt and you know, you're saving that one shot. Right. The key is not giving too many away. You're limited on the amount of birdies you're going to be able to make. What's the craziest thing you ever thought of when you're standing over a putt? Craziest thing? Yeah. Have you ever thought like, hey, I'm thinking about dinner. I'm thinking about. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
Like, have no, you ever lost I, concentration over a putt? I sometimes when I'm playing, you know, when you're in a little bit of a zone, I just have a song in my head. And for whatever reason, I'll still be focused on what I'm doing, but that song will be played in my head. And what's the song? It, it all depends. It could be anything. Honestly, being a dad now, a lot of times it's Baby Shark. <laughs> How good are you at diaper changing? I'm okay. I'm pretty good. I'm, uh, I've been able to avoid most of the disasters. But <laughs> both, both me and my wife, Kelly, didn't never spend any time around babies, right? So early on, we had a couple of surprises. <laughs> Especially when you have a boy, you have a couple of things to be, you know, taking care <laughs> of. Yeah, you could get it in the eye. <laughs> It's hit the curtains before. Like, <laughs> uh, what was the stronger emotion? The excitement of winning your first major or when you had to withdraw from the memorial? Oh, the excitement of winning my first major. Uh, withdrawing from the memorial, I think, was less of a bother when it comes to golf than what most people think. Just because, you know, I tested positive for COVID, so my attention was automatically on, on my family. My wife has asthma, her mom has asthma. So I was really worried about that and, and our and our little boy. So I wasn't that worried about golf. I never really felt any resentment in that sense. All I chose to remember is, you know, I played unbelievable golf for three days. Um, short of the, the guys out there playing really good, I feel like, not that I'm officially the champion, but I would have had a good shot. So, you know, we'll remember that. and. I was just making sure I was doing everything properly to keep him healthy and not spread anything in our family. And so when that's your priority, golf was absolutely secondary. I was mad for you, John, the way you were informed. Like, that, it just wasn't fair to you. They could do that privately. Did anybody ever apologize to you for that? So the reasoning for that is because I had tested positive and people I believe on the broadcast knew or they, they were about to find out, they didn't want me to go ahead and shake anybody's hand on the crowd or, or, or interact with the crowd. Uh, now, being on the okay. COVID tracing list, I had really been like mindful about not doing any of that. And the only basically moment where I forgot was after finishing the third round, I had played so good that I completely forgot what I had been going through and I shook my playing partner's hands. Now, both of them had had COVID, so I feel like it was okay. But, um, you know, they didn't want me to go in the crowd. And at first, they didn't want me to go inside to sign my scorecard. So it was a bit of a confusing idea. And that's why they told me on the spot. Uh, now, knowing that it's the second time they put me in a vulnerable spot on national TV on the same hole, on the same tournament, oh boy. well, it was it felt a little bit, you know, <laughs> almost more personal. But they did what they had to do. And, yes, the people in charge, did. Uh, they told me that it could have been handled better. But also, you know, I'm I'm listening to Faldo and Nance. They didn't know. And and they went, they ended their broadcast, and we saw the emotion. Like, I thought the worst. I thought something had happened in your family. And Yeah, I mean, I, I did react like it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, I had played so good, and, you know, knowing that it was a possibility, the fact that I had to leave and – and just everything combined. The fact that my parents were coming in Monday right after the tournament and it, I hadn't seen them in a while. I think a lot of emotions got mixed in there together. And it, it was just upsetting because you don't expect that to happen, right? I was the first one to, through all this to happen. And 
I mean, it is what it is. I mean, my wife didn't even know. Very few people know. She thought something happened to my parents as well. So it's, uh, yeah, I think in that sense is where things could have handled, could have been handled better. Go back to the U.S. Open and uh, Phil Mickelson's on the driving range. And I thought that was a cool moment that Phil was just hanging there, just with your family. Yeah, he returned the favor. <laughs> I've stayed, I've been fortunate to be able to stay a few times to watch him win. I did in Mexico and at the PGA. You know, he broke a, a pretty impressive record and he came in and, and took care of Kelly. You know, Kelly was, uh, to say, a nervous wreck the least because he was, <laughs> he was, he was stressing and holding the baby and he was helping her out. I mean, they brought some chairs to the range. I don't even know where they got the chairs from. And he took care of her and, and, and he did an amazing job. You know, that, that shows what a quality man he is. What did you save from the final round? Would I do what? What did Would you I save? save? Uh, like, do you, do you save anything from the final round and keep it uh, separate? Like your scorecard, you get that. Uh, I don't know if I get that. You don't get the I, scorecard? I have no idea. I think the trophy's enough. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, well, yeah, that is good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was looking for something for you to donate to the man cave here, John. Like your socks or shoes or something. Uh, my shoes, outfit, hat, glove, the USGA took it all for the museum. What I can give you is a yardage book I used that week. I would love that. Yeah, I do have that. That, would, have that. that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, concerns going to the British Open? None. Not really. I mean, I'm not concerned about the tournament. I'm excited. You know, I'm going to a golf course where I played Lynx golf for the first time. That was about 12 years ago. I think it was 2009. And you know when I got my start on the on the UK, so I would love to to go back and and uh, as the latest champion and hopefully still as number one in the world. So you know I'm excited to go. Really, really, really eager. Yeah, and you get to uh, golf in a sweater. It's uh, it's winter time over there, isn't there? You, you never know. <laughs> I know. It's summer one day, it could be freezing the next day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, you do get to enjoy wearing a sweater, which living in Arizona is something you miss. I played golf in Ireland in March, and it snowed. You can get everything in one day. I've seen rain, sunshine, not snow, but I've seen hail, wind, no wind. I mean, the, the weather, it's about as unpredictable as it gets. Uh, the strangest weather you ever played in? Strangest? Yeah. Toughest? Uh, God, a couple of amateur events in Spain and severe hailstorms. <laughs> and, you know, when it's amateur events, you don't have, you know, weather equipment, so you go out there and deal with it. Uh, I have seen the lightning strike almost on the golf course when we were junior players uh, and all sorts of things. But as a pro, the craziest happened in Oakmont in 2016. We didn't get to play in it, but the storm that went through because they got us off the golf course just early enough was about as harsh as I've seen. Well, hopefully you'll get good weather when you go over there. And uh, congrats again. Uh, I love the shirt. Congrats on being the number one player in the world. And more importantly, you know, you got a baby there, and uh, there's nothing like that every single morning. Walk in and see his face smiling. Can't have a bad day, John. That is true. You can't have a bad day. Thank you. Thank you, bud. That's uh, John Rahm, the uh, U.S. Open champ and the number one player in the world. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? 
along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game, we're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like... Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or... Shoot that! Shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's nothing like a great night's sleep. Every great day starts the night before. Quality sleep can help boost your reaction time and recovery time and performance. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your one-of-a-kind, ever-evolving sleep needs. So, how do you take it to the next level? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you choose the ideal comfort, the firmness on each side. Two beds in one, that's your sleep number. Mine is 75. The beds automatically respond and adjust to your movements, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Amazing after a tough workout. Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. It's like having a coach for a great night's sleep. And right now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. See store for details. Mark Silverman is the co-host of Sylvian Waddle, the very popular ESPN 1000 radio show in Chicago. And Sylvie joining us on the program. When did you realize that what you were going to talk about on Monday was going to change after the interview with Scottie Pippen? Right after uh, your interview was done. Uh, it, it, you know, we, we obviously were on this. As you joked yesterday, Dan, 
this is a gift to Chicago Sports Radio. And so we thank you for that personally. <laughs> Friday, we were all over it too. And the joke, Waddle has always said to me, you know, he's the former Bear. He, he's lived here forever. So he's a Chicagoan, but he doesn't get what we get for me as a sports fan. And then I covered the last three Bulls championships as a reporter, young reporter down the dial, um, that I always get worked up about Scotty. That a lot of the times I've defended Scotty. I have fought for years on ESPN 1000 about Scotty getting his due. That Scotty not being just a top 50 player, but being a top 30 player. Scotty being a revolutionary player. And then now all of a sudden I felt like a scorned lover and I really, it's really broken my heart uh, regarding all the bitterness that he has shown. And your interview just took it to this whole new level that GQ couldn't go, especially with the way he was talking to you. But he believes what he's saying, but nobody believes him. Right. Right. And it's kind of like a buddy, Dan, we all have him. We, we all know him that he says, oh, this person in my life sucks. This person in my life is not loyal. This person in my life isn't good for business. Well, maybe if you've got all these people who are bad, maybe it's you. Maybe you need to look in the mirror. And I've always found it interesting. We know he hated Krauss, hated Krauss. They didn't love Jerry Reinsdorf as the owner and he was the guy who signed the checks. But we always thought they had a bond with Michael and Scotty and Phil and that they they were loyal together, even if it was just with a common denominator of disliking management. But now Scotty thinks that Michael's selfish and that Phil was a racist. Who's left standing? And maybe it's Scotty that's the issue here. And I think it's sad. I really like he, he wants to sell bourbon and he wants to sell books. But I just don't think that's a reason to go and ruin the relationships of one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, I was just trying to understand the logic of all of this, and I couldn't help but go back to April, last April, Sylvie. And if that documentary doesn't come out, is Scottie Pippen saying what he's saying this week? It's funny because uh, we, had a, we had a great relationship with Jason Hare, the, the director, and I know he reached out to Waddle yesterday. They, they knew each other from BC. Jason, the director, was a, a BC ball boy. So he knew Waddle when he was a player. And I think he felt a little guilty at the way Scotty came across. And my whole rationale has been the documentary didn't make Scotty look that way. Scotty made himself look that way, just like Scotty made himself look that way yesterday. There are so many great things in Scotty Pippen's career. And I think unlike others from the 90s, Dan, where you see this new way of playing basketball, I think the appreciation has grown for Scotty through the years that we realize, wow, this guy was the first. This guy is exactly the way the modern day basketball player was. But, you know, the, I think it's just an excuse going back to the documentary. And, and this whole notion that Michael commissioned it and Michael got the documentary he wanted. I'm a Michael fan. I covered Michael. I think after watching all the episodes, we come away saying, boy, Michael was kind of a bully. Michael could have been a big jerk. Michael a lot of times was in it for Michael. We still look at him highly, but I don't think that the, the documentary was a fluff piece to Michael Jordan. 
What was your show like yesterday with uh, local reaction? You know, it's it's full phones. Um, everyone wants to talk about it. You know, we have we have a hot baseball in town. The Sox are good. The Cubs are good. We got a Justin Fields. Finally, maybe you'll have me on to talk about a quarterback that's good. Finally, in Chicago. Um, but but yeah, I mean, this is and, and like I, I reached out to Wilbon yesterday because I think he feels like me. And he said, obviously, being in Phoenix, it's it doesn't resonate in Phoenix. But in Chicago, just like a year ago, Dan, when we're sitting in the pandemic and we're rehashing arguments that are 22 years old or 25 years old, we're doing the same thing a year later in 2021. It's amazing. And it's sad. I mean, again, like the 85 Bears, Buddy Ryan and Mike Ditka hated each other. And now maybe we're finding out that one of the greatest all-time American sports teams all hated each other. But you're messing with a brand. That's what Scotty's doing. You're, you're, you're messing with a scrapbook for people. And I think that's what probably bothers fans is, no, we choose to remember this team, these moments like this. You don't, you don't, you know, don't disrupt this. You know, now all of a sudden we're looking and, you know, Michael is orchestrating Steve Kerr's last second shot yeah. against Utah. And Phil wanted Tony in there because he's white to take the shot. And I, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot it, to it, unpack. It, it, it's a lot to unpack. And I couldn't believe, uh, like, the, the Phil stuff. And they fought for Phil. All they did was fight for Phil. And now, 20-plus years later, you're coming out. But the Kerr stuff, Dan... The curse stuff, I don't understand how you orchestrate something. All that is is game planning. You know what orchestrating a play, whether it's for the cameras or not, you orchestrated a way to clinch a championship by finding Steve Kerr for the open shot. So it wasn't about making Michael look good. It was about winning that fifth title at that time and setting Steve Kerr up for the best shot, whether or not, you know, he was playing to the cameras a little bit more. Look, we all know athletes. They even say it. When they get mic'd up, sometimes mic'd up athletes are a little more outgoing or will play to the cameras. Brady's done it. Uh, Russell Wilson's done it. Maybe he was playing it up a little bit more. But what did it lead to? It led to a championship-clinching shot that wasn't his. And I don't know why Scotty could ever argue with that. Did anybody have a problem with John Paxson taking a shot against the Phoenix Suns? I mean, I now I go back and I start to do inventory here. Like, uh, wait, who took the last shot? Oh, John Paxson, he's white. I, 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 I mean, crazy. It's crazy. And, and Dan, there's like to the point about the documentary and whether it was orchestrated, there's a very famous moment from the Bulls championship 91 video, the first championship against the Lakers. I'm a nerd like this. I watched this video like a hundred times in college and Phil turns to Michael in the fourth quarter. He goes, Michael, who's open? And Michael didn't answer. Then he repeated himself, Michael, who's open? He goes, Pax. And he goes, <laughs> give the ball to Pax. And Pax ended up scoring 10 or 12 points in the fourth quarter to clinch game five. They win their first championship. So, you know, I'm all for orchestrating championships. I think we could all use more of those. How's your quarterback situation there, Sylvie? Um, I love it. Finally, I think I maybe have a quarterback that we can we can all love together. Like Cutler, Pippen is similar to Cutler. They're both they're both as polarizing as they come. So Jay, if you go in Chicago and you ask a hundred people, 
Did you love Cutler? Did you hate Cutler? You're going to get a 50-50 split. Another one of these sports radio things that if we open up, the phone lines would go crazy. The only problem I have with Matt Nagy is he's not giving the opportunity of Justin Fields to win the job. I didn't like that he said, no, Justin Fields has no chance. I get it. It's hard. And maybe he can't win the job right away and that Andy Dalton is better from the start. But give the kid a chance to win. And I think you're limiting yourself by saying he can't win the job. Glad you're uh, doing better. Uh, my best to Waddle there. And uh, thanks for joining us. You got it, Dan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. And you're welcome for yesterday. Thank you again. <laughs> We've always appreciated it. The gift. Yes. That's uh, Mark Silverman. Sylvie and Waddle, uh, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Owning a Mercedes-Benz EV isn't just extraordinary. It's extra easy. With full remote access to your vehicle from your phone via the Mercedes Me Connect app, the vehicles are all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ.